all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hey, ahoy! <laughs> that might be a slight hint. Okay. I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. <laughs> you weren't expecting that, one. No, I was not. <laughs> um, first things first, I have not tried my beer yet. Oh, the... Uh... This is Sticky Treats from Funky Buddha. Blondale with vanilla. It smells like beer. <laughs> Most likely. And... Okay, I taste vanilla. That's yeah, right. I definitely taste vanilla. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, not, it's not far off from Rice Krispie Treats, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. It's a little too sweet. Yeah, for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not a fan, real fan of sweet beer either, so just the one will do. I am having my usual <laughs> national local beer. National local beer. Although, there was one weekend where it was a local national beer for me. When you were in, uh, Green, in Green Bay. Bay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been on both I've been on both sides of it. There you go. Um off the top, rate, review, rescribe at all bad things. Insta Twitter, Facebook dot com and at gmail dot com. Yes. Um, all of all, all of, of those, those things. All of those things. All of those internets. Yes. Um Otherwise, housekeeping, I already corrected myself over the Thames River. Mm-hmm. Um, anything? No. Think of? No? Just get straight into it? Well, I did have a, I had a super morbid thought. No. <laughs> so, this is, this is pretty horrible, but you know I have morbid thoughts. Yeah, um, yeah sometimes I come home and there's a... <laughs> There's a chair under an entertainment center, and everything's unplugged. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that's one thing. We're back in our normal chairs because we finally took that death trap off the wall and ordered a proper new um, uh, entertainment center that can handle our studless wall. So, but... uh, No, it has a stud. It has a single stud, our our monostudic wall. Yeah. Um, It's uh, piss poor. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's poor craftsmanship, that's yeah. for sure. Um, but I was watching Grey's Anatomy, which everyone knows is good for morbid thoughts. And um, so, spoiler alert for anyone who has not yet watched Grey's Anatomy or cares, um, you know, Go Dr. Right McDreamy or whatever, like mm-hmm. the main guy, Patrick Dempsey, mm-hmm. dies like and died like a few years, seasons ago or oh, whatever. I didn't know Patrick Dempsey was dead. Well, not no. no I'm the, you I'm know <laughs> what I mean, Derek. And so Meredith, the Gray of Gray's Anatomy. Um, you know, th- there's the whole like, how does she react to it? Whatever. Anyway, she has she a, has sex with somebody else. Oh come on, <laughs> she has a voicemail saved on her phone of him. Oh, I think you told me that about he that. left her. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know the morbid thought I had. No, don't say it. We'll have. Episodes and episodes of us talking to each other. Oh, I was thinking of voicemail. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was no. like, what the hell? I was thinking, like, we've got... This is 74. Episode 74. We have 74 hours plus 
probably, Mm -hmm. of us talking to each other. So nothing's going to happen to either of us anytime soon. Knocking on wood. Mm -hmm. But but we'll have each other's voice for hours and hours. Isn't that morbidly sweet? It is. Just like... uh, just like other people will have the hauntings of like, oh, I miss them so much, this podcast. <laughs> now they're gone. Well, there will be hours to listen to of us yeah. when we are gone. So yeah. Emily will be uh, <laughs> live, li- live, live tweeting uh, posthumously. Yes. Well, for us, not yes, her. for us, yes. Or maybe for her, too. Maybe, maybe she'll figure out a way. Maybe there will be that like posthumous tweeting. Oh, man, if they figure that out, that's pretty. Well, that's what that one Black Mirror was kind of about. Which one? Uh, were the... I don't think they were married yet. Um, oh, the, with the robot. Yeah, well, that's what he. That's what she got in the mail, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But, but it started with compiling, like, every all email and voicemail media, yeah. and all this stuff. And, uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's how they could recreate his personality was from mm-hmm. his social media presence. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So <laughs> I'm sure there's... Well, yeah. There is something there close is. to that. I mean, it's social media. There is. No, they they came out. I saw a thing online recently where they said, like, that part of it, not the physical robot part. Sure. But just the AI part But the reenactment part? Sure. Yeah, it's basically I'm, there I'm already. sure it's there. Yeah, which is really creepy. That's creepy If you shit. get any posthumous tweets from me, it was done against <clears> my will. <throat> I have not given consent for that, so. Um, in other news... <laughs> I was good. I was a good um, human citizen and got my flu shot today Okay. at my annual physical. So herd immunity, you know, that's all. Okay. <laughs> get your flu shot. That's all I have to say. Know your exits. Yeah. <laughs> know your exits. Get your, get your flu, get your flu shot. Get your flu shot. All right. I think we've wasted enough time. Are we ready? Let's dig in. Let's dig in, shall we? So this week's disaster is the MS Express Samina. Okay. One that doesn't necessarily ring a bell, right? No. Okay. So, on September 26th, 2000, a ferry crashed off the coast of an island in the Aegean Sea, killing 80 people. I think it's the Aegean Sea. So, I looked up Pronunciations. Is it Aegean? Specifically, yeah. And ever, all of the little pronunciations I could find said Aegean. Oh, okay. I thought I've it was always, Aegean too. I've always heard it as the the Aegean Sea. I I thought it was Aegean, but then I um, looked it up on YouTube, and the pronouncing people said it was Aegean. I looked <laughs> okay. up two different ones. I'll go with the pronouncing people. So I'm gonna go with Aegean, but I'll go with Google. They know more than me. <laughs> One was Emily Speaks. That's that's like a famous one if you look up pronunciations. But I can look it up now. I can look it up again just to make sure. But I'm pretty sure it was Aegean. I don't want another Thames Tims debacle. Yeah, neither does Demetrius. All right. How to pronounce Aegean or Aegean. Yeah, Emma saying is what I was listening to. Aegean. Okay. That's a, I don't think that person's name is Aegean. Emma. And that's, <laughs> that's now it's and now it's creepy. That's a computer. Here. <laughs> that's the robot we hired. Aegean C. Aegean. Okay. Yeah, Demetrius. Aegean. Demetrius Aegean. agrees. So that's that's C. right. Okay. Yeah. No, I know how to pronounce C. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 
Well, they don't know. Yeah, they don't know that they, I know how to pronounce yeah. C. Well, and it could be someone trying to learn English, I exactly. guess. Exactly. Although Aegean is Greek, so. <laughs> anyway. Gringlish. So, um, I'm going to give credit for this topic suggestion. Um, not directly to me. Like, they, no one suggested it to me, but I got it from My Favorite Murder. They actually covered this. Okay. Which is a little odd because they're not a disaster podcast. They are not. But sometimes when Karen has a busy week, she bases her entire story off of an episode of I Survived. Okay. <laughs> and apparently that's what she did here. <laughs> and so she told this story from the viewpoint of two women who are on board um, this ship and survived. Because uh, we'll get into like. There, there was over 500 people on this ship, so obviously not everybody died. Most people did. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, I did find that episode on Lifetime Online and started watching it. Um, but after, like, the first segment, it was like, sign in with your cable provider information. I was like, yeah, I don't have that, so never mind. So, oh, well, <laughs> didn't really contribute to this episode a whole lot. <laughs> At least you got some visual out of it. No, it was just them talking into a camera, so oh. didn't really, yeah. So much for that, then. Yeah. I got a lot of my information of the actual disaster and um, the findings of the investigation from a report that I'll name earlier, like a, a technical report. So, or na- I'll name later, <laughs> not earlier, <laughs> but I'll name later. So, <clears throat> I need some more sticky treats. That sounded terrible. I'm going to drink some more beer. Okay. There you go. Now, uh, this fairy disaster. Now, we have had a fairy. Oh, another fairy. fairy. Yeah. I said that in the beginning, a fairy. I guess I forgot. So, we did have the one that was in the, like, Scandinavian area. Estonia? Yes. It was. You're right. It was. It was. That's the one that played out like the Hunger Games. Yes. There was a lot of, like, fighting for survival. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I remember that one very well. Yeah, that was a pretty... That, that was that was human beings. We're yeah. not that far from no being. We are animals. Yeah. Let's let's remember that we are technically animals, and we're not that far from being completely feral either. Yeah. We're only a couple thousand years away from that. That's true. But when shit hits the fan, and hey, if I've got to kick somebody down a flight of stairs to get on the helicopter well, or whatever, I I think, and I'm pretty sure we you know, discussed all this, but I think a lot of it was just like not even, it was instinctual, not conscious thought at all. Sure. Anyway, this fairy disaster Mm. took place off the coast of Paros Island in the Aegean Sea. So if you're like me and you have zero idea where that is, let's get into it. And I actually have a map for you even. Nice. Yeah, Demetrius likes it too. Um, The cats are needing to be fed within the next hour. This is their whining time, their whinging time. So uh, probably partway through we'll have to stop, and you'll know that we've fed them because you won't be hearing Demetrius anymore. But we've heard some people enjoy hearing Demetrius, so enjoy hearing him beg and whine because he's really (laughs) freaking obnoxious, especially at like 6 o'clock in the morning. Yes. So the Aegean Sea is part of the Mediterranean, um, and it lies between Greece, so Greece is on the west, and Turkey is on the east. Okay. It's like a little inlet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like a bay that goes between Greece and, and the west coast of Turkey. 
It's about 380 miles or 612 kilometers long, so north to south, and 186 miles or 299 kilometers across east to west. So the total area is about 83,000 square miles or 215,000 square kilometers. And I'm guessing there are lots of important ports mm-hmm. all around the Aegean Sea. Yes, yes, very much so. Um, and now in the Aegean Sea, there's a ton of islands. It's a very islandic area. I don't know if that's a word, but, um, and that's because the Aegean Sea is, is kind of shallow compared to other seas. So we know that like on the ocean floor, there's tons of topography mountains and whatnot. It's just that they don't break the surface. Well, because the Aegean Sea is relatively shallow, a lot of those formations do so it that ends up being a bunch of islands um, for now until global warming wipes out all land masses. So, and we're all on. Maybe we'll just develop lungs, evolve, evolve into being sea creatures. Yeah. Yeah, Demetrius agrees. I think he thinks that's that's what's going to happen. Imagine how scary cats would be if they were also oh, sea creatures. God. Like, like if you were just in the lake one day and like this just cat just fangs out, swam up to you. Gills on its yeah. little... Oh, God. All right. I think you just created a new yes, horror Yes, I did. Movie. Yes, I did. And if I see anybody come out with anything <laughs> relative to that in the next year... You're I, suing? I'm getting, I'm getting a lawyer. <laughs> I, um, I don't know what I'll call it yet, but I'm definitely working on it. <laughs> um, some of the more famous islands in the Aegean Sea, the Isle of Crete, also Santorini... Ah, mm-hmm. yes. Which we've We're, talked about going to. I think we should go. So, someday. gorgeous area, right? If you Google, like, a GNC and do a Google image search, like, you'll see the typical, like, blue sky, clear blue water, white marble uh, buildings, that sort of, or white stone, I don't know what they're made of, but anyway, um, that that sort of gorgeous stereotypical picture is kind of what will come to mind. So it makes sense that um, there would be ferries, right, and a lot of travel oh, of by course. ship to see that area. So Crete is along the southern end of. Let me see. I've got a map here. Along the southern end of the Aegean. So this is the Aegean. That's Crete. So it's okay. obviously very large. Mm-hmm. Um, and Santorini's in there somewhere. I don't know if it's actually marked that. on here. Right yeah? There. Oh, okay. Um, so, comparatively very small compared to Crete. So, um, uh, Now, uh, pertinent to this story, Paros is another um, one of the islands in the Aegean. And it's in an island group known as the Cyclades, which are, like, on the southernish part okay. of the... Aegean. I, oh, yeah, there it is. There it is on this map. That's Paros. Now, that will become very important later on. Um, there are 220 islands in the, the Cyclades alone. So there's hundreds of islands in the Aegean Sea. Um, and Paros is one of the major islands of the, of the Cyclades. Uh, and travel by sea in the Aegean has been going on literally for millennia. I mean, we're talking about Greece. This is one of the most ancient civilizations on the planet. So, uh, Now, this area is also, as one could imagine, feel free to... Well, I'll set it here if you need to look at it. Um, very appealing to tourists, as I said. Uh, 
And because of this development of tourism and travel by sea, there are a whole bunch of other fairies, a bunch of fairies and sea, other sea craft in the Aegean Sea. So, the MS Express Samina was, as I mentioned, a fairy, and specifically a Ropax fairy. That's like the term for it, which is also called a roll-on, roll-off passenger fairy. And the roll-on, roll-off part means that it can carry vehicles. Oh, okay. So, uh, like cars and trucks and stuff. Uh, one of the... Well, ferries generally do. Yes, because yeah. they're, they're meant for commuting, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and similar travel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's meant for everyday travel. Yeah, yeah, in many cases. Yes, like the Staten Island Ferry, mm-hmm. which I looked that up. And do you know that they don't allow cars on the Staten Island Ferry anymore? That doesn't surprise me. They shut it down after 9-11. I was going to say. They, yeah, got, they got worried, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because I went on the Staten Island Ferry in July of 2001. So I went on it when they were still letting cars on. Because that's the one time I visited New York as that's a kid. That's pretty so. crazy. Yeah. Just before. Yeah. Two months. Um, now, the Samina, Samina's history is kind of weird. It went through a lot of hands, basically. It was originally called the MS Corsa and was built in 1966 at a shipyard called, there's going to be French and Greek in this episode, so I apologize, Chantier de l'Antique d'Atlantique in Saint-Nazaire, France. Okay. France. I'll go with that. Uh, Which is on the Atlantic or west coast of France. Uh, the Corsa was built for a French shipping company called <clears throat> the Compagnie Générale Transatlantique. Okay. General Transatlantic Company is what I can get yep. from that. Um, and that's a company that goes back to like the 19th century. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The ferry was 377 feet long, which is 115 meters, had 11 decks. And in 1969, so like three years after it was built, the Corsa was switched over to the Compagnie Générale Transmediterranée. So the General Transmediterranean Company. Sure. Um, And that company, seven years later, in 1976, became SNCM. Uh, Now then... The Corsa was sold to a Greek company called Stability Maritime in 1982 and renamed, are you ready for this, the MS Golden Virginia or Virginia. I'm not sure which. Yes. Golden, just like Uh you think. V-E-R-G-I-N-A. Virginia. Virginia. The Golden Virginia. When you love that look in your eye, too, it just sounds creepy. The Golden Virginia. <laughs> That's a fun one. Yes, it is. <laughs> and why they named that, who, who the fuck knows? Why that was better than the Corsa, I don't oh, know. The, the Golden Virgin. That's just how they say it over oh, there. Oh, okay. I guess. I Maybe. Know. Well, it's better than the Golden Vagina. So. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Six years later, in 1988, the Golden Virginia was sold to yet another company, called the Agapitos Brothers, or Agapitos, I don't know. And it then, in 1999, so this ship just, is just... just keeps... Yeah. Mm. Was sold for the last time to a company called... Here's another one. Minoan Flying Dolphins. Okay. 
is it was a, a little a little shipping company or a little, little company. It was refurbished, and that was when it was renamed the Express Semina. Now, Minoan Flying Dolphins, also known as MFD, weird weird ass name for a ship company, was a pretty much a brand new company. It had been founded the year before by a man named Pentelis Sphinius. Um, that's a Greek transliteration, you know. Um, and his name will be important later. So we'll get back to him. At the time, Minoan Flying Dolphins acquired the Semina. The company was not having the best time of things. That fall in 1999, um, the Greek stock market crashed. Uh, just as Sphinius, Sphinius, yeah, uh, was making plans to take the company public. So, not the best time to be trying to do that. As for the Express Mina, it was considered really close to retirement age. Apparently, 35 years is about the legal limit for ferries in the Aegean Sea, or was. And by 2000, it was 34 years old, so it was really nearing the end of its lifespan. A tourist guidebook called Greek Island Hopping specifically discouraged visitors to the Greek islands from sailing on the Express Semina. It said of the ship, quote, a large grime bucket with a reputation for running late. She is definitely a boat to be avoided. That's quite a reputation. Not a a glowing review. At the time of its sinking. Probably what happens uh, to any sort of transportation system if it's gone through, what, eight different owners? Right, right. Although it had been refurbished when MFD got a hold of it, yeah. but yeah, still. At the time of its sinking, the Semina had a cap- capacity of 1,500 passengers and 170 cars. So it was its capacity. All right. Now to the main event. Around 5.15 p.m. local time on Tuesday, September 26, 2000, the MS Express Semina left the port of Piraeus, which is Athens, Greece's main port. Okay. At, now, Athens is pretty far south down on the eastern peninsula of Greece. So you see yeah, where it I is see. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to describe because there's like this peninsular area, but then also a really large island where Tripoli is. Although it is does appear to be connected there. There's a lot of stuff going on in Greece. Yes, there is. Geography. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on in this er- area for all, oh, of, yes. all of recorded human history. Oh, yes. So you can see, like, they were leaving Athens, basically, and they were going to Paros yeah. initially. And we'll talk about there. Uh, yes. The route the ferry was headed for would take it to Paros first, then Naxos, Ikaria, Samos, Patmos, and Lipsi. I don't know if any of those were pronounced correctly, but they were island hopping, basically. It was expected to dock at Paros around 10.18 p.m. So they were going to be sailing for like five hours to get to the first destination. There was a total of 533 people on board the ferry, 472 passengers, and 61 crew members. Now, I did see some of the numbers in this are a little murky. Um, I saw in one source it said there was 533 people on board total. Um Another one said 534. A couple said 550. So it's a little up for debate, I guess. I couldn't find, like, one definitive. I took it from the most um, reputable sources that I could judge from anyway. 
Same for the death toll, but we'll get that, get into that. Hmm. Um, and there were 17 trucks and 34 cars on board as well. <clears throat> the weather for this trip wasn't exactly placid. Uh, the winds eventually reached level six on the Beaufort scale, which I can't remember if we mentioned the Beaufort scale. I'm thinking maybe on the Edmund Fitzgerald. Maybe. I don't Like gale force winds and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, level six, I think, I think a level eight is gale force winds. So level six is a couple like levels below that, but it's considered a strong breeze. Um, and that's for winds between 25 and 31 miles per hour, or 39 to 49 kilometers per hour, with waves that could reach 9 to 13 feet high, or 3 to 4 meters. So choppy, let's call it. <clears throat> now, because of the level of unrest in the sea, the crew of the Semina deployed the fin stabilizers on the ship. So those are like... They're like these pieces that come out of the hull of the ship, sure. the bottom, at yeah. like an angle to cut into the water so it won't roll yeah. as much side to side or rock. That, that, that's the idea. Now, in the case of the Semina, the fin on one side, on the port side, so if I had to review this myself, if you're facing the front of a ship, the bow, the port is to the left mm-hmm. and the starboard is to the right. Mm-hmm. So it was the the left side fin, the port side fin, didn't deploy. Oh. Like it failed to deploy. Now, they didn't know this. They couldn't tell this. The crew couldn't. Um, so, but, but that did happen. Now, when one stabilizing fin is deployed on one side and the other one is not, that makes the ship on its own drift sure. to one side. Like having just one oar oh, yeah. going, right? That's, that's on a rowboat. Uh, this is a very bad start. Yeah. Um, P- plus for something this size, too. Yes. Yes. Now... They're called stabilizing fins for a reason. <laughs> right. But now there's a there's a crew on board. They're watching where they're going. No big deal, right? Except at some point during the evening, the crew put the ship on autopilot. Now, that's nothing too crazy or out of the ordinary. But what was pretty crazy is that the entire crew left the control room, left the engine room, left the ship to sail alone without anyone keeping an eye on what the fuck was going on yeah. as far as the course goes. That's pretty stupid. It's horribly, it's negligent is what it is. Yeah. Horribly negligent, grossly negligent. Um, allegedly, it was to watch a local, local soccer match on TV. Okay. There was an important but, uh, f- football game. Sorry, we're going to go in, watch TV. In this part of the world, I could buy that argument. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and we're talking the year 2000, so yeah, it's not what technology is today. Mm-hmm. But yes, somewhere in the ship, there were probably several TVs. Now. Maybe a lounge area. Right. Now, the timeline is a little tricky to figure out. Like, at what point did the um, were, were the fins deployed, or the fin, um, at what point did they, like, uh, basically not stop watching the ship for how long? That's that's all. I, I could not find a complete timeline on that. I'm not sure if it was ever really determined. Um, now, despite being against common sense, 
like, especially in poor weather, but just in general, that you don't, just like you don't want to leave a plane flying on autopilot without anybody watching it. Or let your kid sit in the, uh, in the pilot seat. Right. And, you know, sadly disengage the autopilot. Exactly. But that's another story for a few episodes ago. Yes. Um, SOP also states that even when you have the autopilot on, you have there to There has have to be somebody around. At least one person. Yes. Keeping an eye on things to make sure nothing unexpected happens. And now, of course, we see where oh, this is all headed, Jesus. right? So, besides the weather making this voyage dicey, the area is filled with a bunch of tiny little islands yes. called islets. Now, when I say tiny, I mean, like, not habitable per se, but gigantic rocks. And sailing around them was not out of the ordinary. This was an islandy area, as we have established. Um, but it required precise navigation to get through. Um, and the ship would not need to wander very far off course to be in some pretty big trouble. Well, I definitely know something about this, having spent my summers in the Thousand Islands. Of New York, exactly, yeah. It's the same thing. You can't just take the boat out and just go for a cruise. If, Without I watching mean, anything too carefully. I mean, you can, yeah. but you're going to... Uh, Hit something. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, yeah. you, you will. It's just a matter of... So you need to know where you're going all the time. <laughs> well, and your stepdad has a... Even has, like, a thing on his boat that... Tells him like depths he, and he stuff. He does, right? but they they don't find everything. Well, no, no, no. Yeah. I know he's also being careful yes. at the same time. Yeah, but that's just like an assistance or an yeah, aid. a depth chart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so that he knows he's not gonna like run on something underneath that's like not visible. Yeah. Very funny that same uh, home video from my dad's fiftieth birthday when we all went <laughs> camping. My dad two times in one day ran the boat aground, hit a shoal, and. <laughs> And messed up the propeller. <laughs> messed up the new propeller that he'd bought earlier that day. Oh, no. Even worse than he'd messed up the original <laughs> one. So what they all did, my dad and all my uncles, they spent like two or three hours filing down the original one that they had wrecked. Oh, no. To smooth out the edges because he didn't want to go and buy another motor. <laughs> I think he was just, he didn't want to admit that he just yeah. bought this today and he just did it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was he, um, how shall I say, was he sober during these? Uh... I'm going to guess probably not entirely. <laughs> yeah. But this is literally, it's it's like a huge lake that we were on, and there aren't shoals generally. And it was generally years in... ago, decades ago, yes. to be clear, yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, a couple decades ago, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't last weekend. No, no, this was many sadly, years ago. <laughs> sadly, because it was his 50th birthday. <laughs> Sometimes I wish that was last weekend. But that's okay, cause your dad was uh, wasn't he was fifty when you were born, right? <laughs> Something like that. We'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, even just a little bit of time without someone keeping an eye on things could mean that they especially, could hit an islet in bad weather in this area, especially in a vessel this big. Yes, and in a very large vessel, exactly. Exactly. So, because... Like this just... Like, all the ingredients <laughs> oh, are, yes. are already in place. Oh, yes. So, because no one was watching the damn ship, no one noticed that because the starboard side fin had deployed, but the port side has had not, the ferry was wandering to the port side. Oh, yeah. Or, course. sorry, to the starboard side. Um, so, it just was kind of veering off course. It was listing. 
No. It, oh, okay, it just was veering, off. veering, yes. Okay. We'll get to the listing later. Oh, Jesus. But it was at this point just veering, and you can kind of see it on here. This was the planned route. This is what happened. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. So they veered off course. Um, Sorry our audience can't see yeah, that. Yeah, I know. If you are, if you if you're not driving, just <laughs> just Google the the route of yeah. this. Now that I found in that um, scientific report, that's why that thing is there. It's a screenshot. Oh, so very nice. Anyway, very high tech. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank y'all. <laughs> I just copy paste. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. I did really good here. I I got lots of shit from lots of sources. No straight Wikipedia here for me. I was. Damn good at my research. Damn it. Damn it. All right. Finally, finally, first officer Tassos Psychoyos. Now, his name is actually kind of great, just it pronouncing cool. it like that. Psychoyos. P S Y C H O Psycho Y I O S. Psychoyos, I'm guessing is how it's pronounced, but sure. Psycho. Psychoyos. 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 Yeah. Mm hmm. That finally. Is a, that is a pretty awesome last name. Yeah. So finally, he saw that things were going awry, ordered the helmsman of the ship to correct the course, so like hard turn to the port side. Um, but. Right there. That's the point of the mm -hmm. collision, yes. They were too late. Mm -hmm. They were just too late. The ferry had wandered its way to the islets called Portes. At a speed of 18 knots, or 20 miles per hour. A ship that size? That's, that's some that's, momentum. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't just slow those down mm -mm. and break, and it's not, it's not a fucking car. I could barely get the fucking horse to stop last night playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Bell, The horse Lulabelle. I named Lulabelle. Yes, we've... We, I have decided, not we, <laughs> I have decided that Rachel needs to get back into playing video games, so I thought, why not give her a test run <laughs> on, 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 what is, on what is possibly, like, visually, like, maybe the best game I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I rode a horse for well, a while. You get to drive a Ferrari. And I avoided all conflict. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, there's a guy over. And she's like, she's like, I don't want to go over there. I'm like, Rachel, you're supposed to kill people no, in the no, game. No, 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 I just want to ride my horsey, <laughs> and I got a trophy for bonding. Yes, with the horse because I pet Lulabelle because she was, and my character kept calling the horse a him. I don't think it was a him. I think it was a her. Her name was Lulabelle. Sure. Maybe, yeah. Anyway, no. Lulabelle. I liked my horsey. A anyway, uh, get Red Dead Redemption Two. If you're a gamer. If you don't have it already. If you like riding pretend horses. Yeah, named Lulabelle. And avoiding And conflict. avoiding all conflicts. <laughs> Pacifists need not purchase. All right, so at 10.12, we're just, we're just putting off the inevitable, aren't we? Yeah. At 10.12 p.m. local time, the Express Semina hit the islets. Now, again, gigantic rocks. Um, the little bit of I survived that I did get to see... Um, two, two survivors, let's see, did I name them later? I didn't. Their names are Heidi and Christine. Um, anyway, they were, um, younger women who were, who were on board the ship, and they described, like, 
this was 2000, so Titanic had come out just a few years earlier. Oh, yeah. They said they felt like they were on the Titanic. Like, they, they, they were like, it looked like we were hitting an iceberg because it was a glistening rock at mm-hmm. night, you know? So this was, like, pretty terrifying. So a giant hole was ripped into the ferry, six meters by one meter, oh, or 20 Jesus. feet by, thir- by three feet. So that's we're talking a giant gash into this ship. That's pretty fucking serious. Mm-hmm. Now, this was above the waterline. I have a also, poor Vu. This is where all the cuts onto, the damage onto the, can you grab this? Oh. To the ship was. So that's the first one. Oh. It was above the waterline. There was a second large-ish, but not as big, hole just above the waterline. And then where it says ER damage down there, you can see it's below the waterline. And here's why. That stabilizer fin on the starboard side hit the rock, got bent, and slashed into the hull of the ship. So it was the it was the fin, the one working fin, like cut through the hull of the ship. Oh man. As it got bent. Yeah. Now that was next to the engine room, and that killed power to the ship. Oh fuck. Lights out. And because this hole was below water, then the water started Before, coming on board. Below the, ferry the water started line. To, yes, below the water line, exactly. The ferry started to take on water. And it's it's literally, uh, what is the term? A dead stick. I believe that's what pilots call when your oh. plane has just lost all power. Oh, like you, you can't going, do anything. You're going control, down. You can't it's do a, anything It's a dead stick, it. and that's mm-hmm. essentially what this thing is. Yeah, basically. Because no. there's no... The hell. Now, the the emergency generator went on briefly. There was an emergency generator. It did go on briefly, then experienced a technical failure, and just that was that. So there was was no power. So obviously, things were getting really scary aboard the ship. Um, The only difference between this and the Titanic is the power stayed on in the Titanic mm, for quite a while. mm Mm-hmm. In this thing, it goes off almost immediately. Also, didn't the Titanic go kind of it went tail head first or tail first, one or the other? Tail first. Tail first. Um, that's not what happened here, which oh, we're about to find fuck. out. So, the power went out. It was nighttime. People had felt the impact. Everybody knew something happened. So, um, the emergency siren on board did not go off, <laughs> and no crew members were announcing or giving instructions on what anyone should do. It was basically every fucking person for themselves. It was just for a free-for-all. Now, to add to the general terror on board, the ship started gradually listing Mm -hmm. to the port side. Mm -hmm. So to the left, as facing forward. Which is is where it was missing. Yes, the fin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people jumped into the water, just being like, Fuck, just, just to get, get out. out. Abandon ship, exactly. At, again, this is where the timeline gets tricky, but at some point, three of the eight lifeboats on board had been deployed. And if I'm remembering, I did not re-listen. Um, I should have, but I did not re-listen to Karen's um, retelling of Heidi and Christine's version on My Favorite Murder. But apparently, like, some of the boats were in bad shape anyway. Like, the lifeboats, oh, sure. they weren't well kept. And I think... She also told it, like... Well, if the ship itself wasn't real well-kept. Right, well kept. right. I think she also said that at one point, 
and this is total hearsay because I don't, I could be misremembering this, but that like when Heidi and Christine, the two survivors from I Survived, uh, got on a lifeboat, the life jackets on board that little boat were in like a giant box that they had to dig through to try and get to it. So it was just, it was just Just not prepared clearly. Um, and uh, eventually, the ship was listing too far to the port side. And from what I can tell, and the, the reason that the other five boats couldn't be deployed was because they were on the starboard side. Sure. So they were getting lifted they were getting, up. They, yeah. couldn't, they couldn't deploy. They were lifting out of the water. Yeah. So that wasn't going to work. Um, because they were like midair. So I think I think that's how it went anyway. That's, that's the only thing no, I can think of that made sense. That's, that definitely makes sense. Now... Keep in mind, the ship was still moving forward this whole time, carried by the momentum of the 18 knots it had been, um, it had been, uh, not flying at, uh, sailing at. There we go. Um, so its initial speed was continuing to carry it along the water, even though its engines were long dead, all power was gone. So by 10.50 p.m., 38 minutes after impact, the Express Semina was lying totally on its port side. So it had Holy just completely shit. laid over to the left. Yeah. And is also still going. Yeah, still moving. Fucking A. <laughs> the clock on the bridge of the ship, when they saw the ship, when they ended up going to the shipwreck, had stopped at 11.02 p.m., and that's when they think that the ship eventually actually sank and and we're talking like down to the bottom of the sea sank it's an underwater shipwreck now like you can see videos on youtube of the shipwreck no shit and you can see on this map how far it went that was the collision that's where the shipwreck is oh yeah so it just yeah it kept going for a while Mm -hmm. it and it's very close to the shallows and you know what it's also um, like adjacent to hmm. is like where its finishing route was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, it's not all that. Yeah, it was supposed to go to the port of mm-hmm. um, Paroikia on Paros. Yes. Um, so yeah, it it, so it didn't wander far, but it didn't have to wander far. No. So this for thing it to be dangerous took on all that damage, listed, and j- and just kept going the whole. That's yeah. that's scary as fuck. Yes. So the Samina's final resting place was 1.4 nautical miles, which is about 1.6 miles or 2.6 kilometers away from where it hit the islet. So it went almost another two miles, basically, or a mile and a half-ish, and ended up less than a third of a mile away from the shallows of the Proikia Paros Bay. Um, now, hundreds of people survived. We're talking about a death toll of 80, but there was... Over 500 people on board, Still so a lot of people. hundreds of people yeah. did survive, but a total of 80 people on board the ferry died. I'm kind of surprised it was only 80. Yeah. That seems uh, pretty... Well, most of those, we're not talking... Oh, probably one thing is we're probably not talking cold seas, so hypothermia and stuff like that maybe wasn't as much of an issue. But, but my thing is, if the they ship... They were in the shallows, so... If the ship listed as badly as it did, I guess... Because what happens a lot of times when ships do that is people get knocked unconscious and stuff like that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, well, or it, things fall on them, and apparently the the people, most of the people who died, it appeared weren't able to get off the ship. Yeah. So the people who did get and off the ship were generally the ones to survive. It's basically being in Go the down right with the ship. Well, it's basically it's being in the right place in the, at the right time mm-hmm. or. 
the wrong place at the, the wrong, wrong time. time yeah. Fucking, yeah. Now, I've also terrible. seen a death toll given as being 82 or 81. So, again, it's a little on the murky side. Um, but I think the 82 deaths comes from something else that we'll talk about in a minute. So, um, now, it was, it was really difficult to find information on in initial rescue efforts, um, though I think I recall reading, and then I couldn't find it later, that the May Day was delayed. Like, they they weren't able to get, like, an immediate distress out. Well, they so, lost power all of a sudden, then probably not. So I think rescue crews either weren't deployed until the ship was yeah, pretty much gone, or period, it had already sunk. I'm not sure which. It was a little tricky to figure out. The portmaster of Perikia, the island where they were going, his name was Demetrius Malamas. Uh huh, Demetrius. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, Demetrius. Oh. Demetrius, not Demetrius, Demetrius, but it's close. Very close. Malamas. Uh, he was coordinating the rescue operations. He died that night from a heart attack brought on by the stress of having to coordinate those operations. Yeah. Oh, my God. So that's where I think the 81 comes from. Probably. Because stress-induced heart attack. If this thing never happened, he wouldn't have had a heart attack that night anyway. It could have happened. Probably, yeah. Could have happened a year later. Yeah, yeah. Um, Divers worked for days after to attempt to recover bodies, and it was reported that some people were found on like undersea trapped in the ship with their life jackets like caught on things and that's how they got dragged under you know and so the life jackets like killed them instead of saving them so all right now into the investigation and the aftermath on september 29th 2000 so three days after the wreck it was reported that the captain of the samina vasilis giannakis uh Admitted. Guess where he was at the time that this was all going down? Not where he was supposed to be. He was taking a little nappy poo. Mm. He was asleep, taking a nap, um, just before the ferry hit the islet. He said, quote, I went to sleep for a bit, 10 minutes, because I wasn't feeling well, end quote. Uh, he also, through his first officer, the aforementioned Sykoyos, whose name we like, um, under the bus. And now, understandably, because he did, des- they, they all, all these fuckers deserved everything they got. He said that Sykoyos woke him up because the winds were picking up, and that was when, the, like, just before the ship hit the rock. But, um, Giannakis, the captain, also told investigators, someone else told him that Sykoyos had not been at his post prior to waking him up, but rather elsewhere on the ship. Flirting with a female passenger. Other passengers said they saw him watching the aforementioned football match. So that's where the football match thing comes from. Of the wreck, Sequoia said, quote, When I saw the ship was headed for the two rocks, I personally grabbed the wheel and turned hard left. So he's saying it was him. He grabbed the... Mm. Um, the bad thing happened, though. It is my fault. End quote. Shout out that he used the term bad thing. All bad things. Get it? This is bad thing. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But he did admit fault, at least. You know, he's like, yeah, this is my job and I did a shit job of it and it killed people. Yeah. In January of 2001, so a few months after the wreck, 
A five-member committee was convened to investigate the sinking of the Samina, and the report was issued in September of that year, so a year after the ferry sank. This report was complete. The committee did most of its investigative work at the Ship Design Laboratory of the National Technical University of Athens, and they also extensively interviewed survivors to use witness accounts to piece together what happened. Obviously, hundreds of people survived, so there was hundreds of versions of what happened. Um, now, the paper that I was alluding to earlier, that I, like the technical paper that I got a lot of information from, was from the International Conference on the Stability of Ships and Ocean Vehicles. Okay. Well, I'm, Which was highly pertinent to this. I'm glad they exist. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it included the methodology that they used to glean data from witness testimony. It was really interesting. Like they used early, com- well, I shouldn't say early computers. We're not talking about like 1960, but 2000-era technology to like it's get lot, the data. It's a lot different than it, it is, is now. It's a lot different. <laughs> the... <laughs> This is before even, um, I'm not even sure we had, like, DSL at this point. We may have still had, I think we still like had Like, in 99, 2000 is when cable first started coming out for right. consumer. But, the like, I at that time, I, I worked at a technology company. Right, so you, well, so at we work had, you had it, but mm-hmm. not at home, huh? No. Did, you have, did you have dial-up at home? Or uh, did you even have I, internet? We didn't have internet. <gasps> oh, my God. Omar had a computer, but. Yeah. Just for, like, non-internet I, I think he had, like, a... But all my know. internet stuff I did at work. And there I, wasn't a whole lot of stuff to do back then until Napster came out, and then I just spent my day just downloading <laughs> everything I could think of. I have had internet access since 1996. I have had internet access for 22 years of my life, which is um, two-thirds of my life. That's a long time. That's why I consider myself a millennial. Sure. I'm older, millennial, but I did mostly grow up with the internet. Mostly. Through my most formative years. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. anyway. I didn't have an email address until I was 22. <laughs> so My first email address was an AOL. <laughs> and it's so funny when some people still do have an AOL. Some people do. It's mostly like 90-year-old people, but yeah. It's um, cute nonetheless. It is cute. And now back into the... Uh, yeah, the horror of Investigation this. of a fucking... <laughs> yeah. Uh, just uh, um, the amount of shit stupidity show. just is it was a just, shit show. Yeah. So the now negligence is just now we know the main shitty factor that was at play here, right? I mean, like the fact that the one fin didn't deploy that wasn't really their fault. Like they tried to deploy both fins. One was a mechanical failure. Sure. Now, if there wasn't a proper warning that that happened, then that again was a mechanical issue. Right. If there wasn't some sort of signal that. Let them know, but I'm guessing that there must have been, but see, maybe I, I not. I didn't see anything on that. Um, but maybe not, but the lack of like literally just abandon. They abandoned their ship basically. Yeah, yeah. During its its sailing, like otherwise they would have seen that they were drifting. I would think on a ship, especially a commuter ship like this, at any given time you'd want to have at least 10 people working and looking out for things. Well, and the protocol was just one. They just needed one person to be watching it, and and nobody was. So, obviously, gross negligence on the on the count of the crew is, like, especially the higher-ups in the crew, it is the main issue here, right? But, you ready for more negligence? It was found 
that one of the factors that made the Semina sink so quickly was the fact that nine of its 11 watertight doors in the main engine room had been left open. Oh, my God. So needless to say, that was not supposed to be the case. Uh, The idea of having these watertight doors was to prevent water. In the engine room. Was to prevent water from taking over the whole ship if there was damage to one part. And and to always preserve power. Right. Because you can't do anything without it. Right. So instead, because these doors were open, the water was able to take over the ship pretty quickly because it could just rush through these, these open doors. Now, why? Would the crew be so neglectful as to keep these doors open? That was not protocol. I fucking hope not. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't. It was found that they were just fucking careless. They were relying on the fact that there was a backup system that could be activated in the case of an emergency that just automatically shut all the doors. So they're like, well, if something bad happens, we'll just hit that button and everything will lock up. No. Yeah. Yeah. Stupidity. Unfortunately, all, all you have to do is shut a door. Yeah, now, like granted, hard, granted, hard granted, it's not like a door in our house. No, it's a watertight door. It's, yeah, it's pretty. It's, yeah, I'm sure it's a bit of a process. And sealed, yeah, but but yeah, the alternative yeah. the alternative is mm-hmm. uh, losing all the power. Well, and losing that's, your backup generator. That's the problem. The damage to the ship's control station on the platform deck on impact, as well as the power failure in the engine room, made that backup plan like. Untenable. Completely new. So. Because it would have to have power to activate those emergency sequences. Yes. It was so stupid. The interviews from the survivors revealed that there weren't nearly enough life jackets or lifeboats on board the Samina to rescue everyone. And that it was difficult or impossible to access what was available. Further, it was found that the life jackets that were on board were defective and not up to code, not up to regulations. Shocker. And the um, survivors also said the crew gave zero instructions as to what they were supposed to do. So it really was everyone for themselves. I mean, no big shock. This was clearly a shit crew. So now several people were charged almost immediately, like just within days, with criminal negligence and other criminal charges, and a total of 17 people, including Captain Giannakis and Sykoyos, as well as other crew and shipping company personnel, were indicted under various criminal charges, including manslaughter and negligence, in the summer of 2002. So they were charged, then indicted. Um, And trials were held a few years later, in 2005. Three of the crew members received sentences between 15 months and eight years for various misdemeanors, including, like, abandoning ship without captain's orders sort of stuff. Giannakis, the captain, was sentenced to 16 years. And flirty, flirty little Psychoios got 19 years. Good. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, I mean... And I didn't see anything aside from that, so I didn't see that they got out for good behavior or whatever. I mean, we're talking, if the trials were in 2005, um, if they did so the serve one, their Sequoia whole sentences. So the is still in prison. They both are. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they you're both right. would be, so. Unless, um, I don't know how the Greek prison system or justice system works, so. They maybe who knows. Well, at least, at least the people, it sounds people like. People did time. Sh- that should be held responsible were held responsible in this case. Well, here's one thing. Do you remember a name that I told you to bookmark for later? Mr. Um, 
Pandelis Sphinesis. Oh, yeah, that one. That one? We'll call him Pandelis. Pandelis. We'll call him Panda. Uh, That name. Sorry, even I can't remember. I think I even wrote it differently. Let me see. What did I write before? I was going to be Sphinius. Anyway, I was going to be all dramatic. That guy, the guy, so right? So much for that. The guy who founded Manoa Flying Dolphins. Yes. Manoan Flying Dolphins. He. <laughs> that sounds like he, he discovered like a new species of creature. <laughs> it does. He founded yes. Manoa Flying Dolphins. Like what? He was one of the ones charged with criminal negligence. Good. Was under intense media scrutiny, but he was never indicted. And you know Why? On November 29th, 2000, he jumped out of his sixth floor office window. No shit. Splat. Well. So, Phineas, 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 I hate it when people like that um, off themselves because they know they're taking the easy way out. I mean, really. Well, so um, they found antidepressants and alcohol in his system. So he was just Mm. under the influence, basically, which is uh, combined with, I'm sure, depression over not only had like his company just experienced a basically unrecoverable issue, but he was trying to go public with this company. How the fuck are you supposed to do that right after a stock market crash and then a boat crash, like your ship crashed. So, yeah, good luck with that. So his company, he was 62 at the time. That stock market crash, though, happened worldwide. That was the internet crash of 2000. That's the dot-com mm-hmm. bust, okay. Um, and I think the reason... No, it was in 99. Fall, no, the Greek stock market crash was in the fall of 99. No, but it was all conducive. Like, that was part of... Okay, but I'm not talking yeah. about the worldwide one. There was a Greek no. stock market crash right. in 99. I understand. Okay. Um, and I think the reason that this, that I don't remember this at all, I think it was, it was either just before this or just after this that the USS Cole bombing happened. What was that? That was when the USS Cole was parked in, that was a destroyer. Okay. That was, um, docked somewhere in the Middle East. I can't remember what country. Oh. And, uh, Al-Qaeda, uh, drove a boat into it and blew out a whole chunk of it. Wow. And I think 20-some uh, Navy men died. Wow. Something like that. But it was it was like the big terrorist attack before 9-11 because they actually attacked That the people military. like me don't even remember because 9-11. Yeah. Well, CNN is doing the 2000s next year, and I'm oh, sure, they'll, nice. I'm sure yeah. they'll have that on there. Yeah. Because that, yeah. that really was like the precursor to, uh-huh. to 9-11. Yeah. Um, so our... Panda friend was 62 at the time of his death. Minoan Flying Dolphins was renamed Hella's Flying Dolphins. That's even worse. <laughs> no. Um, and in 2001, and then Hellenic Seaways in 2005. Yeah, that's a little better. It was sold to Attica Group, an international ferry services operator in Europe, earlier this year in 2018. So, so. so again, it's, it, just since then, it's changed hand. Or yeah. three times, well, four times? Well, that's the company. Sure. Not the, the ship is obviously... Oh, the ship is at the bottom of the ocean, or bottom of the sea. That was my that was my attempt to whistle. But, um... Can't whistle. 
on on uh, my favorite murder, they tried to neither of them could whistle and they were trying to do a wolf whistle. So the only thing Georgia could think of was to say wheat woo. <laughs> <laughs> and so now that's like a thing. And like, anyway, all right. As a result of the Semina sinking, Greek law changed to retire ferries in most cases after 30 years of service instead of 35, although some older ships are allowed to sail longer. I'm going to guess that it's under stricter safety standards. I was going to say, I'm going to guess the most cases parts means when it turns 30, they probably tighten up the either well they well they probably do an inspection first to see if this thing is even worth hanging on to apparently they're they've got better about inspections period okay good so yeah i hope so additionally that's that's what is supposed to happen right that is supposed to be the legacy of every tragedy is to learn from it and get better Uh but sadly we don't always own up to that do we So additionally, the sinking of the Semina precipitated the requirement that all passenger ferries carry voyage recorders, which are the equivalent of like a a black black box box. exactly Mm -hmm. on planes. And my guess, or at least my hope, is that just about every crew member aboard the Semina never fucking worked aboard a ship again. That's, yes. Maybe Uh, there were some lower level people who could keep working, but otherwise... yeah. Jesus. Well, and that's, that a, that's good. Was the sinking of the, or that was the MS Express Semina. Yeah, that does sound just fucking terrifying. Yeah. Because there's not, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, if you want to hear the sort of the flip side of this from the less technical, historical, whatever perspective and more from like the survivor. From a human perspective. Yeah, there's the I survived and there's Karen retelling it, which is probably more entertaining, frankly, <laughs> on my favorite murder a few episodes back. I'd say like two or three I'm, months ago. I'm interested in listening to that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll listen to it then. Yeah. yeah. We'll see what I got wrong or what she got wrong. I don't know. <laughs> we won't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, she got it from people who are actually on it. So <laughs> on the boat. So anyway. But that was yeah. the Emma Semina. Yeah, Express Semina. I've only been, like, we took a ferry um, when we were in San Diego. You have to. Yes. Well, not have to. We, to cho- we chose to. Yeah, to Coronado Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd been on a couple, like, in the Thousand Islands and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just on a thing. You're not really thinking about it. Ferries seem really safe and innocuous. Yeah. But it's shocking the number of ferry crashes. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of them. Yes. <laughs> well, there's a lot of ferry rides, let's yeah, be honest. True. And it's still apparently um, the safest form of commuter travel is ferries. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I read that, so... It's one of those things they seem big and splashy when they happen, just like plane crashes, but they don't happen that often comparatively to the volume. Because when they do, because we're talking about mostly commuter um, ships when these things happen, it's going to have like a, you know, 20, 30, 40 at least, Mm -hmm. like death toll. Right, because there's a lot lot of people people on on board. board, Exactly. Um, The. I lost my train of thought. People on board? People on board. The ship? The Titanic? Leonardo DiCaprio? (laughs) It's never Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) I hate Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, It's, you know, we all know that driving is the most unsafe form of transport. It really is. um, But, and crashes do get absolutely reported... Lethal crashes get reported all the time. Sure. But it's, you know, in a 
20-second thing on local news, and it's usually because the death toll is, like, four people, two people, one person, six people. Like, we'll hear about the big bus crashes or whatever. Why are you smiling? Because I'm thinking about the one time I was in a car crash, and it was with Trina outside of Connecticut. (laughs) Tell the story. Tell the story. (laughs) No. She doesn't listen. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) You already embarrassed your mother. She doesn't listen either. <laughs> well, anyway, we were, uh, my cousin Tim still does live in Connecticut, but at this point he lived in New Haven, Connecticut, um, just outside of it. And we were visiting him for Labor Day or it was Labor Day weekend. What year are we talking? 2005? Oh, 2004? Okay. Mm-hmm. I was living in Rochester. Okay. And we drove from Rochester to Connecticut, which is about a six hour drive. Okay. Um, but yeah, we were just leaving, like we just got on the interstate, um, to leave New Haven. Yes. Okay. And, uh, like I'm just kind of looking around cause I'm not driving. My sister is. Right. And all of a sudden I look ahead of me and we are going like 30 miles an hour into a parked, into a car sitting still. That's like 30 feet away. And I'm like, by sitting still, you mean break, like they've yeah. stopped. Okay. You're in traffic, mm-hmm. you know? And we're talking Connecticut, you know, Labor mm-hmm, Day weekend. Mm-hmm. It, Connecticut, that area, New Haven, anytime is... It's the New York metro area. Yeah, yeah, there's always traffic. So, like, I knew immediately, I'm like, oh, we're getting into an accident. Like, there's no... You can't stop in time, yeah. <laughs> no. And I, like, yelled something to Trina. I think I, like, braced her. Uh-huh. But by the time she, you know, Stopped, noticed, it yeah. was way too late. And we slammed in the back of this car. Everyone is okay, though, right? Yes. Um, I was fine. Um, like I said, I saw it coming. So I, I, sometimes I guess that's a bad thing. Yeah. But. Right. Cause you tense up. You're not right. supposed to tense up, even right. though like good luck. Not but, yeah. Up. I was completely fine. Like mm-hmm. I didn't get whiplash or anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Trina was crying. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you okay? <laughs> she was just upset. Sure. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go check on the other car. Uh, yeah. So I go and it's, it's this, uh, it's this like little old black lady in the car in front of us. Not old. She was maybe 50. Something. She felt old when you were that age. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause I was like, what was I like 27? Something like that. Anyway, I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> in 2004. Yeah. But, um, but I like go to open the car door. I'm like, I'm like you, and she's crying. And thankfully, it was just her in the car. And I was like, you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm okay. And she was I'm just, just like, upset too. Of yeah. course, mm-hmm. yeah. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, understandably. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, okay. Um, and this is I did not have a cell phone at this time. Mm-hmm. I, I thankfully Trina did, mm-hmm. and because we had just left New Haven, we had called Tim, told him what happened. Tim called Cousin Joey. Oh, who, that's right. Cousin who, Joey. Who at the time was Had working. a telling f- business. Yes. Yeah. So he came. Now he's a financial planner. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> and when I when I say Cousin Joey, like just. New York Cousin Joey. Yeah. He's Cousin Joey. Exactly. Um, so it couldn't, I mean, honestly, it couldn't have worked out any better just because mm-hmm. of where it happened. It mm-hmm. literally happened when we were still in New Haven. So Tim came and picked us up. Right. Um, obviously like, um, the cars were towed, right? A, a regular tow truck driver had to bring it back to a garage, uh-huh. you know, a city uh-huh. you know, because it was an accident. Okay. So, but once they took it back there, Joe went and picked it up from uh, gotcha. that garage and took it to where he needed to mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. it put, put back together. Yeah. So 
<laughs> so we lucked out so that yeah lucked out big time with, yeah, with cousin joey because he, well, obviously he didn't charge us anything for towing yeah and i'm pretty sure he got the guys like at that shop to give us like a nice yeah nice discount yeah. On, on her car and then then we had to take trina to uh urgent care because yeah. she got a whiplash mm. they gave her like some pain pills gave her a neck brace so we went back to Tim's place, basically dropped Trina off. We're like, here's the remote to the TV, and me and Tim just hit the town again. <laughs> what jerks! <laughs> she was all hopped up on pills. She was going to pass out anyway. We're like, <laughs> oh my uh, god! I was like, yeah. I'm so glad I didn't know you back then. I was, I was like, I was like, yeah, because uh, where the hell was it? I was working at the bank at the time, and mm-hmm. I remember I had taken, like, the next two days off. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I'm like, I don't have to be at work Jeez. tomorrow the next two days anyway. I still say that if we had met when, like, I was 20 and you were 28, I would have hated oh, yeah, you. yeah, you would have. I would have yeah. thought you were just such a fucking I hated me. jerk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hopefully somebody stuck around for that last little day. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That that was this week's episode. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a with a Connecticut car accident attached to it. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to cousin Joey. Yes, absolutely, and, and cousin Tim. Oh, you know, half of your family is having like a screaming argument on Facebook right now, right? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're we're definitely going to sign off now that I know that. So <laughs> this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. <laughs> We'll see you next week and <laughs> know your ex. <laughs> <laughs>